This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. If you're a loser, tune in and you'll be a winner. It's the Moranalytics Podcast. Talking Buffalo sports, Yankees, WWE, 80s music, and pop culture. And now, here's your host, Patrick Moran. All right, everyone, what's going on? Welcome to the Moranalytics Podcast, episode number 77. Today is Tuesday, December 11th, 2018. Exactly two weeks before Christmas. Damn, it's going quick. So quick. I, of course, am Patrick Moran. Coming up on the podcast today, a pretty packed one, if I may add. I'll have Zach Sheldon, a.k.a. Maniac from Trainwreck Sports on. If you don't know anything about Trainwreck Sports, and chances are you're not much of a Twitter person, you probably don't. Today is your lucky day. Trust me. Trainwreck Sports is a really interesting and rapidly growing brand. I call them a brand because I ain't trying to limit them to being just one thing. They cover Buffalo sports, and not only do they do it well, and they do do it well. Do do it well. Can I use do twice there? I don't know. You tell me. But anyway, they do it in a very, very unique way. They are silly as shit, but they're also fun, very informative, they produce three separate podcasts for the Bills, Sabres, and UB, respectively. Three different shows for that. They have blog content. They got video content on Twitter and Facebook. They do an amazing, amazing job of branding, probably better than anyone else I know. And they come up with catchphrases that stick, which if you're a wrestling fan, you know that is a really strong way to get over with your audience. Be honest with you, man. I'm kind of jealous. I try, I try, I try. I just can't come up with phrases that stick. They do it in their sleep. It kind of bothers me, to be honest with you, how good they are at it. But whatever, I digress. I do talk to Maniac about Trainwreck Sports. I talk to him about how it originally got started, what made him want to join and be a part of it, the process that they come up with, with producing content, some of the local sports media guests that they've been able to get on their shows, what the relationship is like with the fans, like with each other, what goes behind some of that clever branding that they're able to do, plenty more. It's a fun interview with the fun dude who's part of a really fun, fun brand. Trainwreck Sports is fun. I'll have that for you in just a minute. Immediately following my interview with Maniac, I got my boy Michael Nietzsche back for a second straight week. Today, we're breaking down the Bills' loss to the New York Jets on Sunday, a loss that dropped them to 4-9 on the season. We're going to talk about Josh Allen quickly becoming maybe the craziest quarterback in the NFL. Robert Foster, who's really emerging as a legitimate star receiver. That feels kind of weird to say that. He's an undrafted rookie, but he's on the verge of becoming a star in Buffalo. We discussed the defense playing well enough to win. And you know what? We're going to go ahead and we're just going to dig the grave for Danny Crossman 
and his special team coaching career in Buffalo because, come on, man, it has got to be coming to an end very, very soon after this game on Sunday. Has to be. Has to be. We also hit on some other NFL stuff, talk a little NBA, and we're trying to figure out what the New York Yankees may be up to. Now that Patrick Corbin signed with Arizona, who knows what they're up to? Are they trying to get Manny Machado? Are they trying to get Bryce Harper? Are they trying to swing a deal for Corey Kluber? We'll hit on that, all that and more. In fact, you know what? We're not going to waste any more time here. No long spiels at the top. Let's just get right after it. Here's my interview with Maniac of Trainwreck Sports, followed by some more sports talk with Michael Nietzsche. Well, so far, I think it is killing. I thought it would either be an A or an A+. Plus but I completely forgot that there is an A++. All right, my guest today is a key member of one of the more unique and fun outlets covering sports in Buffalo. Trainwreck Sports has created a strong presence in the blogosphere, the podcasting game, and especially on social media with their tweets, commitment to their branding, and fun videos. Zach Sheldon, a.k.a. Maniac, He's a driving force behind the train wreck sports success. What's going on, Zach? How you doing, man? Not much, Pat. Just leaking it day by day, finishing out 2018 here. You know, it's been an exciting year for us, uh, you know, here in Buffalo and looking to see how it ends up. You know, I just that intro, I kind of sounded like I just did a fucking uh, train wreck sports commercial. But it is all true, man. You guys are doing really unique stuff. I love the videos you guys brand. Unlike pretty much any other podcast, or not just even podcast, just media outlet that I've seen in quite a while. And by the way, this is the only time I'm calling you Zach for the rest of this interview. You're a maniac to me now, man. All right. Is that cool? Hey, sounds good. Like I tell anyone who I have that discussion with, names are just labels. So call me whatever you want. Just don't call me a Patriots fan. <laughs> with, with that said, um, yeah, no, we really appreciate that praise from you and Pat. You've been supportive throughout. So we really appreciate that. Um, the brand itself, uh, Trainwreck, it's really taken off more than we could have ever thought uh, when we originally started, when Al and producer Burrs originally started it uh, over two years ago. Um, and to be honest, what keeps us fueled is the excitement from our fans and the feedback that we get. So we really appreciate everyone who reaches out and supports us. And, you know, honestly, we even appreciate our haters because you can't have the good without the bad. So everyone who keeps us in line, we appreciate you, too. Yeah, sure, man. I'll tell you what. Listen, I started this podcast in the spring of this year, 2018. And I would say back in November of 2017, that's when I knew that I wanted to do this podcast and I was still tinkering with how I wanted to do it and how I wanted to approach it. And one of the things I did while doing research was look up Buffalo podcasts, because at that point I really hadn't listened to too many podcasts. So I wanted to see what was out there and you know what other guys were doing. And the two that really stuck out to me, and then, I mean, there's a handful of them, but the two that really stuck out to me were you guys at Trainwreck sports. And then there's another one, 716 sports podcast, completely different identities. I mean, they're more, straightforward talk, you know, have a little conversation about the Bills and the Sabres, whereas you guys do that too, but you you have a lot of fun doing it. You know what I mean? It, it's definitely a younger crowd. Not that it only appeals to younger people. You guys are having, looks like you're having the time of your life doing it as well. It just, it made it seem like podcasting, not just podcasting. I don't want to, you know, pigeonhole you into saying the word podcasting, but just doing a show, whether it's video or audio, you guys have really made it into a lot of fun. It looks like you guys 
are having a really legitimate good time when you produce your shows? To be honest, you hit the nail on the head right there. I mean, we when we're producing a show, I mean, yeah, we have topics and stuff that we want to talk about and hit on. But really, the meat of it, the core of it, the root of it, our entire programming is just guys sitting around talking. Uh, you know, we try and take the formality out of it. Um, you know, the concept for Trainwreck, uh, and I wasn't there at its original birth, so not to lose credit for myself, but Al and producer Burrs, you know, they were sitting around, I think it was uh, about just over two years ago. Um, and they were, you know, it was a terrible state of things for Buffalo sports, whether it was the sorry state of the Sabres or whether it was just the Bills flummoxing in, uh, you know, the drought. And they said, you know, let's take a different perspective on this. Let's not, you know, try and be all appropriate and all corporate and have to hit, you know, all these certain metrics. Let's just go and talk about these teams and let's be honest and let's not pull any punches. Let's just be ourselves. Um, and from there, I mean, that was just an idea that absolutely when it comes to speaking your mind, that's an idea that'll always resonate with me. Um, so I had been looking for a long time to, you know, have some kind of outlet, whether it was writing, you know, articles. I mean, I, I remember, uh, instead of shooting you some articles back in the day, Pat at uh, Buffalo sports daily. So, um, yeah. Hey, shout, shout out to the old BSD site. <laughs> uh, but with, but with that said, I mean, yeah, it's part of its appeal. And I guess part of why people like it is that it is genuine and it is us just being organic, whether it's, you know, our crossing swords guys, uh, we have Sabres insider Tristan doing funnels every time the Sabres score. I mean, you know, if that's your thing, then you're going to love that. But we also have the, the analytics side of it with Ty B. On top of that, we have our UB team, you know, Wake Jackins giving great articles, Tino time. We got our new guy, Shy Guy, who's killing it on the, you know, media. And there's no better time to be a Bull fan than these last three or four months, to right. be honest, in my opinion. And then, of course, you have the never going to ever leave, always going to be at the rock bottom of your heart, the Bills. Uh, we got, you know, Topher and myself doing that show. And we've had some amazing guests, Ryan Talbot from upstate New York, as well as yourself on there. And I mean, to be honest, it's just fun. Uh, that's why we love it so much. And I mean, I think that's why you see so many other podcasts in this area. You said it yourself, um, not just 716 Sports Podcast. I mean, there's great work being done from. The guys uh, at Cover One, Rockpile Report, Buffalo Rumblings, uh, Charging Buffalo, all of these people. I mean, and these are all people just like us with normal everyday jobs, just doing tremendous work because at the end of the day, we're a hotbed of passion for these sports teams. No doubt about it. Yeah. And, you know, I want to make sure I'm not walking this back, but I just want to make sure that I was clear on something else. When I say you guys have fun, it's not like you guys roll out of bed, start pounding beers hit the tape recorder or grab a microphone and just start doing crazy shit all the time. I mean, you guys have some really legitimate sports talk in your shows as well. Really good articles, you know, blog entries on the trainwrecksports.com site and as well. So it's not just like you guys are only party animals and don't provide like legit serious content. So I just wanted to make sure that was clear. Let me ask you this, Maniac. How did you get involved with doing Trainwreck Sports? What was that process for you where you became involved with them? Well, uh, like I, so I'm going to take it a little farther back here than it needs to be, but just for full context. So obviously I uh, went to Syracuse. I graduated with communications degree. Um, but you know, I was looking at, I wanted to be in news and I like, you know, telling stories and everything like that. I had interned at a couple of news outlets. Um, but to be honest, uh, just, you know, at a, you know, proper news outlet, like a channel two or, you know, an intercom radio. I mean, there are a lot of people that you have to satisfy and a lot of boxes that you have to check just to get a story out. And you have to make sure that you're not stepping on anybody's toes, sure. everything like that. So with that said, you know, I was kind of just 
I mean, quote unquote, freelancing and doing articles here and there where I can. And not a lot, to be honest. But when Al started, Alan Producerburst started Trainwreck Sports two and a half years ago, they mentioned it to me. And I'm like, that sounds like something that I would absolutely be interested in. So I came on for a show just over two years ago now. And from there, it's been nonstop. And you know, that's how you know this train is. <laughs> that is true. We're going to get to that in a second because I got a question about that as well. I want to talk about the podcasty stuff for a minute. Now, you guys have kind of done a job of you really branded different shows for different teams. And you mentioned them. You got Crossing Swords for the Sabres, Bill Central Station for the Bills, and Bullet Points for UB. What What's your process for these shows? Like, where do you generally tape them? And how quick do you usually get it up and out there for the public to listen to after you tape them? Well, first off, I, I know I'm on your show, Pat. I know I'm grabbing all the glory here, but I really do have to shout out all of our teams at Trainwreck Sports. It sounds ridiculous. It's not something I would ever have thought I would actually be saying, but all of these guys working together each week are the reason that these shows and this content is able to be produced at such a rate. Um, you know, it used to be, whether it was two years ago, uh, when it was two years ago, it was just us as one group, uh, basically meeting once a week and talking about all of, you know, what was going on. And that was kind of the benefit of what we were doing. Um, because, you know, when the fans were super upset about the bills or anything, we don't have to focus for two or three hours on the bills, like say a WGR does. We can kind of just gloss it over. Okay. People are pissed about the bills, but we got this going for us. Okay. onto the Sabres. You know, we don't have to fill a hour, two hour block with bills or Sabres stuff. We kind of had that flexibility. So we really took advantage of that in the beginning. And we were really helped by getting some great guests on again, you know, we started this and we've, you know, built it to quite a following, but a humongous part of that are, you know, people like yourself coming on uh, our BCS program. And back in the day, you know, whether it was Howard Simon or Brad Wright or, or you know, some of our original guests. Yeah, I remember Jeremy Sal White. Capaccio was on. Yeah, Jeremy, Paul Peck, Brad Wright. You guys had a lot of good guests on to help, you know, establish some of that credibility for you, for people who might have been skeptical that this isn't something that we should take serious at all. But you get guests like that, it definitely helps build that credibility that you need. Most definitely. I mean, geez, you should have seen some of the reactions. I mean, I think people thought kind of we were just absolutely like a book report podcast going into that. Then all of a sudden, last year, it was really a great run for us. And shout out to all of our guests and especially Al, who played a major role in networking with them. But yeah, when we got Jeremy White, Jonah Javad, Sal Capaccio, and Matt Bovey all on, in a span of two to three weeks. I mean, I think that was probably the first sign to a, the casual listener and also be our diehard listeners who have been with us like the whole time that it's not even just a podcast anymore. It's almost a brand, not to sound all corporate snooty, you know? No, you're right. You're a hundred percent right. Let me ask you, and this is, this is the one thing that really jumps out at me. Frankly, I'm a little bit jealous of it. I'm being completely honest with you here. I feel like train wreck sports has done I think in an absolutely incredible job with name branding, you know, you got catchphrases that stick and things that are just consistent that you expect to hear associated with train wreck sports. I mean, I love the way you guys often start out shows or clips with like folks, you know, you say that, of course, the big one, this train never stops. What a good catchphrase that is. You know what I mean? I've been searching for a catchphrase. Can't fucking think of one. You guys have that shit mastered. I mean, you guys are really good with catchphrases and, and branding. And that means a lot in sports media. I mean, it means a ton. And you guys have, I don't, I don't want to say mastered it, but you guys are really, really good at that. 
A lot of it is, uh, you know, and I wish I could take credit for it. I wish we could say we have some master brand machine that we have in Studio D where we just shoots out, you know, this train never stops and folks and stuff like that. But to be honest, it's really a lot of our personalities. And then we kind of just feel the feedback that we're getting from the fans. Like a lot of people, when they started interacting with us, you know, a lot of our fan interaction probably started a year to a year and a half ago, you know, when we get across like that 2000, 3000 follower threshold, you know, people messaging us, things like that. But when we started realizing that half of these people start their message with folks, I mean, that's a pretty clear sign that what we're doing is resonating with people. So when we see something resonating with this fan base and anywhere in Western New York, Pat, I mean, you know that this is a hotbed. That's something that you really have to nurture and uh, take seriously. Now, you guys mess around. You have a lot of fun. But I think, and this is a serious topic here, I think the UB coverage Trainwreck Sports does is legitimately great. I've long thought, I've been very, very critical of the local mainstream media over the lack of coverage and spotlight of local college and high school sports as a whole. I think it's terrible in Western New York, to be honest with you. Especially now that I live in Florida. Since I moved down here, the college and high school sports down here, in some ways, is just as big, maybe even as bigger than professional sports. No, I know Buffalo will never be like that. But anyway, regardless, I just think the local coverage with college, for the most part, is garbage. I, you guys take UB serious. I think that shit's awesome, man. What made you guys decide that we want to make UB a significant part of what we do? Well, there were a couple of factors, honestly. So I'd be lying if I said it was one thing. But two of the main ones were, A, um, Al, you know, at the core of our uh, train wreck group as a UB alum. And to be honest, he's probably the most diehard UB fan I've ever met, except for UB naked guy, just because yeah. of some of the, uh, that guy's good. <laughs> uh, oh man. Talk about a absolute superstar. But with that said, um, Al just being a huge UB fan, it made it easy for us. Um, because you know, he was passionate about it and I'm not to say, I think we're all kind of in a way where if one of us can be really excited about something, it can kind of be, uh, what's it called when you like it contagious. It's contagious it's like, sure, yeah, yeah. Like literally like we can easily, when one of us gets excited about something, it's very easy for the rest of us to. And on top of that, I mean, Pat, I hate to, you know, slander any of these local news outlets, but with that said, like you said, the UB coverage going into this year was absolutely lacking given yeah. the fact that, the hype for the UB football program, which going into this year was the most hype that the program had ever had in recent memory. A lot of people told me and coming into this season, both basketball teams made the college uh, bracket last year. They made the national tournament. I mean, do you know how few schools had both teams, men's and women's make the tournament last year? I mean, I think it was like a list of no more than 10 or 12 and there were some serious basketball schools. So it's kind of just that we realized, Hey, you know, if what happens at UB or if what's supposed to happen at UB happens, then this is really deserving of coverage. And to be honest, uh, you know, Trainwreck doesn't have as many resources, as much money or anything like that as, as the other news outlets. UB was a legitimate opportunity where we could get our foot in the door right away and we could be covering it just as well as, say, a Channel 2 or a 7 or even WGR. So we really want to shout out the athletic department. And if he's listening, John Fuller for that, because he's done a tremendous job hooking us up with everything over there. Yeah, I was going to say the difference for you guys between UB and say the Bills and Sabres is that you approach the Bills and Sabres. You're covering that as, as fans, where it feels to me like with UB, that's more legitimate access granted interviews with players, media type coverage when it comes to UB. And again, congrats on that, because I really feel like the local media drops the ball all the time. Now, I hope maybe, you know what, maybe this will inspire someday 
another outlet to start picking up better coverage when it comes to other colleges as well. Because, I mean, there is more than just UB. But, I mean, you guys really hit UB well. What about the videos? That's become a big part of what you guys do. The branding on that has been really good. Whether they're comedic parody videos, like I've seen Naked Guy in some of them, or just, you know, interviews that you do. You have that nice Trainwreck Sports logo. You guys are doing a really good job of branding that. Kind of reminds me a little bit of Pardon My Take. You know how they have the, the video clips that lead into something else and they have their logo and everything on it. You guys are doing a really good job of introducing that aspect of what you guys do. And it all, it all plays, I, I wish I didn't sound like a broken record, but it really is, Pat. It all plays into the fact that we have no allegiance to anything. We don't. We aren't owned by some corporation. We aren't owned by a larger entity. So we can do, honestly, whatever works. When we see that catchphrases are catching popularity, we can use them more in our content. When we see that the UB September video goes over 20,000 views, you know, we can be enthusiastic about doing another one really quickly. That was so great. it's awesome. It's awesome to have the success. But honestly, and I mean, I, it's, it's crazy to say, but it's the absolute truth. We owe it all to the fans because they're the ones who are reacting to it. They're the ones who are interacting with it and showing that this is really something that people care about. You guys got Bill's quarterback, Matt Barkley, right after he signed. They cut a little, this train never stops video promo on Twitter. How did you guys get that to happen? Okay, so th this is a little behind the scenes. Some of the people have already realized this. Matt Barkley had a, a little stint where he was out of football, but he was still kind of celebrity status. Sure. So he actually signed on for an agreement with a site called Cameo, where for any for a hundred dollars, or you know, depending on the what you want, he will record a personalized message. Now, typically, this is to say, hey, you know, Kara, have a happy birthday, and let it, you know, we all love you so much, right. or something like that. But we just sent him, we're like, you know what? This guy's about to be like the quarterback of the Buffalo Bills. Like with Derek Anderson at the helm, who knows? He might get like a couple of reps in a game or something. Let's fire this over and just see if he did it. And literally within, after that Bills practice that day, we had it waiting in our inbox. So you can say anything you want about Matt Barkley, but he's a man who knows how to do business and get it taken care of. <laughs> I think that's awesome, man. All right, I'm talking to Maniac from Trainwreck Sports. How close have you guys gotten since it started? Like you said, it started with just two and it's grown since then. How close are you guys now? How close is like our original group? Not just everyone who's involved. Oh, I mean, you know, we're uh, like, we try and keep a very tight culture at train. I mean, as you can imagine, the strain is, is real. Um, we are all putting out content and there's, a certain responsibility that's fallen on everyone at this point for weekly content and everything like that. And I hate to like be a spoiler for any of uh, the fans who think we're uh, living in penthouses, but you know, none of us are actually making any revenue off of train wreck yet. Right. So with that said, um, yeah, no, it's hard. And to be honest, it really speaks to the bond that all of us have. I mean, whether it's myself, Alan Topher, or even the new guys, uh, you know, Jake Watkins, Tino shy guy, or even uh, our newest Sabres insider, Tristan uh, right. and crossing swords. All of these guys have come in with open minds and, you know, to be honest, the, the easiest thing to sum up how we're always able to stay on the same page is that at the end of the day, whether we have a disagreement on, you know, what should be in a show or whether a show should be done reacting to certain, you know, storyline is that we all have our eyes on the prize. And we know that that's about getting a genuine product out for the sports fan of Western New York. Now, I've had the opportunity because of this podcast and the way that it's set up to be able to interview pretty much everyone in Buffalo with the local sports media and plenty of national sports media people as well. You guys have done your fair share of interviews with some of them. Do you guys got one or two people that you really enjoy talking to the most? 
Well, they've all been awesome for sure. I mean, so I don't want to slander any of our guests, but I got to say my two favorite have been with that said, uh, Pat, the guests who indulge us the most, uh, like we had Jonah Javad and he was great and we're very thankful, but he kind of kept his walls up, so to speak. Right. If, if you know what I mean? Sure. Whereas you have a Sal Capaccio who's probably, I guess, I guess Sal's just living the life because he comes into our basement. He's spitting hot takes. He's giving us inside info. And then without any hesitation, he's announcing a make-believe chess game we had between Ryan Fitzpatrick and Jameis Winston. Mm -hmm. And then also hosting a fake Buffalo Bachelor show that we did in the basement. So literally, <laughs> I mean, this guy, I mean, the way he indulged us and the way he put up with us was amazing. So I just want to shout out to Sal and Matt Bovey. Uh, the guy has come on multiple times, uh, as well as Nate Geary. So I don't want to leave Nate out, but. Matt uh, literally has just come on our wrestling shows. He's done everything. So I really, again, those guys have lent a lot of legitimacy to train next. So I'd be remiss not to shout them out. And to be honest, yeah, they were definitely, uh, those three were definitely my favorite that yeah. we have had on. Yeah. I've, I've had Matt and Nate on this show. They've been great. And sale literally was the, my first episode, episode number one. I think this is 77. Now sales, the first guys I've ever had. And you could be more right about sale. People could perceive sale and he is serious. But he also has a really fun, playful side, almost silly side to him. And like you said, in, in your show, it really could come out. Sales are really, really solid, dude. Has there ever been a show or a segment maybe where you tried to interview someone? It doesn't have to be a celebrity or a media celebrity, I should say, or anything like that. Just something that went to shit, you know, like a complete disaster. Is there anything that you could think of where maybe you wanted, you had an idea and you wanted to do this and it just, it just, it sucked or just for whatever reason, it did not work out? Well, I think you would get a lot of people on the internet would say every show we've ever done is stuff. But with that said, uh, no, one segment that really went sideways on us, and this didn't necessarily make the interview any worse, but when Jonah Javad was on, um, you know, he was kind of just remarking about, you know, our show and how we were kind of disorganized and some of that. And he was pointing it out. And, you know, myself and Al, I mean, you can say anything you want to us. You can say we were, you know, professional on the thing, but we get very easily frazzled. So if you tell us that, you know, things are kind of falling apart, they will only fall apart more. So <laughs> with that said, we were, we were able to crash land that plane because this train never stops. It's always rolling, but we were able to crash land that plane and, uh, you know, make a successful show. And I think at the end of the day, it was a lot of fun, but things, if you watch that episode did really go sideways about 15 minutes in. Do you feel like the more shows you do, the more things you do, the more videos, more podcasts, whatever it be, that with that experience, that maybe you feel a little less frazzled, that you just get a little more comfortable in your own skin and your own voice and seeing yourself on camera a little bit more like that. It just makes you a little more comfortable in your own skin. It gets a little bit easier for you as, as you go on. Oh, I mean, I've already gotten over how I look on camera and how I sound on camera. Both are terrible. I'm always going to be ugly. I'm always going to sound ridiculous. <laughs> so now that I've swallowed those things, you're absolutely right. It makes it a lot easier. Um, I mean, I, we think back, like we got booked to do a show at rock bottom bar and grill on transit road for the NFL draft two years ago. And that was really our first live show that we had been booked for. No idea. And that's pretty much everything we do, whether we're going down to Nashville or how we went to Baltimore this year uh, for the home opener. We're kind of like, not only do we fly by the seat of our pants, but this is a lot of the time, the first time us doing like, you know, live shows on location and stuff like that. So to say we have no idea what we're doing is kind of generous. Uh, we literally have no idea what we're doing. Um, so with that said, um, yeah, it's things have gone crazy. Sometimes like when you look back at our first show at rock bottom, poor producer Burrs had to hold the camera for about 90 minutes because our tripod wasn't working. 
So this poor guy was literally holding our camera for 90 straight minutes. Like, you know, my heart goes out to him. But uh, with that said, we continue to learn. And yeah, we continue, whether it's when to launch a live show or things like that, we, we learn a lot, you know, as we go. It's a lot of, um, you know, testing, to be honest, as we continue to grow our audience and see uh, what people are into. Now, you may have just answered this, but I'll ask you, what, what do you, for you personally, a lot of this has been fun, but what's been the most fun? What's been the funnest part for you when it comes to train wreck sports? The most fun, um, to be honest, I, I guess I'll say two things. I like seeing whether, and they're both the same are reactions. I like seeing reactions when we put out content, whether it's the UB dance videos, whether it's just a certain take on a situation that, you know, some of the more politically correct outlets can't have. I love seeing the outpour on social media and everything for that. And the other thing I love seeing are when we do live shows, I mean, whether it's the Bills game or whether it's the NFL draft, I love the reactions and the live reactions of the people. Uh, it really, without sounding too ridiculous, it kind of fuels me, to be honest, whether it's in a negative or a positive way. When we were at Washington Square this year and Josh Allen got picked, I mean, you could imagine the reaction was not ideal. But with that said, when I rewatched the video and everything, it really fuels me and shows me why we kind of have a responsibility at Trainwreck Sports to bring you this genuine sports content. I think one reason why Trainwreck Sports grows and continues to grow is because you guys are smart enough to understand that having the support of local mainstream media is actually an asset and not a detriment. Whereas many local blogs and podcasts, they want to make their bones and make a name for themselves by constantly attacking WGR and the Buffalo news and the local TV stations, the athletic, whatever, you know what I mean? You guys are much more respectful to mainstream media without being ass kissers. And there is a difference. You know what I mean? Well, absolutely. I mean, whether it's, I mean, a social media, I mean, I guess this is how we look at it. I mean, some people, I mean, there are some feuds out there on social media and I'll name a few just to be a little controversial. You know, you got your Harrington versus your WGR, you get the Buffalo news versus the WGR people and certain sure. people like that. But the longevity you get from a relationship, especially with some of these guys, I mean, again, we listed them, but I'll just do it again, like Nate Geary, Matt Bovey, Brighter, Jeremy White, you know, Sal, all of these guys, I mean, geez, they've opened doors for us and given us advice and things like that, that we could never have gotten or realized on our own. So with that said, I mean, when we got into the game, uh, to be honest, full discretion, we thought it was a little bit more rivalry based. We were hoping that, you know, there would be a couple schisms here and there. And we were obviously hoping for, you know, a little controversy. Sure. But with that said, the problem is, is we go and we, you know, look at everybody else out there and everyone is so nice. I mean, there's a reason that the Channel 4 and the Channel 7 guys like play golf on like, you know, weekends and stuff like that. There's no rivalry there because. Everyone is so wholesome and just trying to do the best they can. So, I mean, to be honest, if doing the best that we can involves, you know, having those good relationships, then that's something that's absolutely necessary for us. Last question, and then I'll let you go. Do you have a vision or a hope for where you think Trainwreck Sports is going to go to? I mean, you guys are at a certain, you know, place right now. Do you see something in your mind maybe a year or two years from now, seeing this growing, continuing to get bigger and better? Well, if you've ever seen the uh, or Avengers Infinity War, uh, I'm kind of like Doctor Strange playing out all the different <laughs> possibilities. So with that said, um, you know, there's a lot of things that I think we can offer as an organization. I mean, just for the UB crowd itself, um, I think that that fan base is desperate 
don't get me wrong. Paul Peck does a great job on the call and their team over there with Ryder and Scott Wilson is amazing. But I think they would love just some younger perspective coverage on those teams sure. to get that fan base more back into it. Um, on top of that, uh, we love doing the Sabres and the Bills live shows. So we're definitely going to continue that. I think the biggest, uh, you know, targets for us, Pat, as, and we want to continue to grow are the more, uh, you know, not to say non-sports stuff, but non-Bills and Sabres things. So whether it's our gambling show, uh, Degenerate Danger Zone, I mean, you watch a ton of sports coverage. Sports betting is still discussed so tongue-in-cheek, considering the fact that it's legal in multiple states now. People love the fact that we're talking on a Thursday, what's your lock of the night? Yeah. In addition to that, I mean, you know, we're looking at some other content. Now, I, I guess I'll I'll use this teaser for your show. I mean, we we're going to save it for an official announcement, but... uh Unsolved Mysteries of Western New York will be coming to Trainwreck Sports in 2019. So keep an eye out for that, nice. as well as our, our new wing review, which I look for you for some uh, some guidance on oh, that. Oh, yeah, I got assembled. you there, man. I got you've you, man. I'll help you. You're like, you're like, you know what? You're like the Encyclopedia Britannica <laughs> wings for us. So we'll be going out that. And after some initial uh, good feedback last year, we will be expanding to a full series called Buffalo Bachelor. Take an eye as a, as one young bachelor in Buffalo seeks out on a quest for love. <laughs> All right, man. That, dude, that's the shit right there. You know what I like, though? I said that was my last question. I got one more for you. I just finished re-watching The Office for God knows how many times now. Yes. Watched every single episode. And this time I did something different. I didn't just watch it. I took notes. Every single episode, a couple paragraphs per episode. I think I got like 37 pages of notes on the computer and I power ranked them one at a time. As I watched them, I slotted them where I thought they fit in 184 of them. man. now I didn't count like double episodes are only counted as one. So there's like 184. Anyway, here's my point starting early, probably even in January next month, I'm going to start having a rotating panel of people on who are big office fans going to talk about the show, go through the power rankings, maybe talk on a specific season or an episode or a topic or stuff like that. I got Nate, got a couple other people. You in, man? I know you're, I know you're a fan. You said something to me on Twitter. I don't remember what it was. That maybe might've been my Jan Levinson take where you responded to, but I'm like, you're an office guy. You in, you want to do a couple shows like that? Oh my gosh. Of course, not only am I in, but I'm registering on Dunder Mifflin Infinity right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome man good stuff all right man maniac from Trainwreck sports give him a follow on twitter at zach sheldon that's zach with an h and i'm not going to list or spell out all the you know the divisions of Trainwreck sports i'm just going to tell everyone go to www.trainwrecksports.com bookmark it you'll be all set want to also give shout outs to degenerate alto for all the guys over at Trainwreck sports i think you guys do a really good job this was fun man i'm a big fan of what you guys do it's different and fun. Thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks for having us, Pat. Obviously, we're big fans of yours as well. And I would ask you, but you already know, this train never stops. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. That boy is good. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. All right, I am joined for a second consecutive week by Michael Nietzsche. Dude, you're back by popular demand, man. What's going on? How you doing? 
I'm doing well. I'm back by Papa Demand. Oh, by I'm me. Big. Oh, okay. Well, that's all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> We're obviously going to talk about the Bills. I need to preface something here, okay? I did not watch the game on Sunday like you and everyone else did. I did mm-hmm. watch it Monday morning on NFL Game Rewind. You know how that works. No commercials. You pretty much fly through a game in about 40 minutes. That's cool in a way, but in a way it's not because I don't really feel like you get any kind of flow or feel for the game. You're not seeing the replay. You're not seeing the replays. You're not getting any breakdown. Yeah, you're just seeing it play by play by play. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and the reason why I did that is because on Sunday, I went. I live in Florida, and I went to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers-New Orleans Saints game. Damone Harris, a very good friend of the family, got us tickets. He's on the practice squad. He's a rookie from UB. And he's, you know, close to the family. My son loves him. He looks up to him. So we went to his house, hung out in the morning, had breakfast. And then, you know, we sat at the game. It was a lot of fun. I like the Saints. I'll tell you what, though. I, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I did leave in the third quarter because the Bills game was interesting, man. I was spending a lot of time in the clubhouse watching it. And I ended up saying, you know what? Let's just get out of here. We wanted to beat traffic. So got home, took about 45 minutes. My wife probably flew about 90 on the 75. So I did catch the last six minutes or so of the Bills game on Sunday. And then, like I said, I rewatched it on Monday. But you're going to have to kind of guide me through this because you know the details about the game a lot more than I do. Yeah. Well, you know, real quick, though, on the 75 there, you can go 90 with no problem. And you're yeah. probably getting past. You're getting past going 90 on the 75, too, sometimes. Yeah. I made right. that trip. Yeah. I mean, you've been on it. You know. There's no in-between, by the way. No, no one goes 70. You're either going no. 90, because 70 is the speed limit. You're going 90, or you're going freaking 50. That's right. One or the other. That's either right. way, it's That's dangerous. Right. That's right. <laughs> now, the Buffalo Bills, of course, they lost 27 to 23 on Sunday. We could start at a million different places with this game, all right? Of course, Josh Allen's play, good or bad, that's always going to get the headlines, as it should. But let me ask you this. Let's start here, okay? When mm-hmm. is enough enough? with the special teams play this year. And when is Sean McDermott going to fire Danny Crossman? He didn't do it Monday. We're taping this Monday evening. So mm-hmm. as of this taping, Danny Crossman's still employed, but it's got to be the end of the road in three weeks, right? I would say it, it has to be. I think Joe Biscali made a good point on his uh, Bill's Beat podcast when he said that McDermott's kind of a evaluate and then make a decision type of guy. You could make the... Um, argument last year that Rick Dennison should have been fired halfway through the season, but they didn't. They stuck with him, and they got rid of him at the end of the season. I think you're going to see the same thing with Crossman. How much is special teams really hurting them this year? You can make a case from everything I'm reading and seeing that special teams played a huge role in them losing to the Jets. One more thing, too, about special teams. Does it make you wonder why? I mean, don't get me wrong, the unit was not good with him, but does it make cutting Holmes last week, a little more puzzling to you. Cause I mean, he was one of the better players on special teams. Yeah, he, he was, but I think they wanted to you know, have younger players, you know, like whatever side, have younger players step up, but yeah, it was odd and odd cutting or odd release for sure. Um, plus he was so, you know, big on the special teams unit uh, for a unit that's so bad, but yeah, that was definitely more puzzling now since they were, I mean, special teams is getting worse by the week. I mean, as far as yesterday, you get the, the two returns, they had the block field goal, which Hauschka was probably, you know, I'm sure he was in, injured, but he had the, you know, the block field goal just was, everything was just off yesterday. And yeah, it was not, uh, not, not a good day for special teams. And yeah, the homes cutting, I mean, you could make a, a a case for it, but I don't think it would make that much of a difference yesterday. I mean, he, he didn't make a difference against Miami. And I don't think he'd make a difference there yesterday either. It was just uh, 
again, this is a cluster of an effort by the special teams. Not good. Not good at all. Not good at all. And speaking on that, you know, let's segue into not good at all. Depending, I guess, on who you talk to, Josh Allen had a difficult day throwing the football yesterday. Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy is really, it's not taking him much time at all to really establish himself as one of the more extreme quarterbacks we've seen in a long time. You know what I mean? Because he does some things that just make your jaw drop in a good way. And then he'll yeah. make some throws. And I did see the interceptions. He makes some plays that just make your jaw drop for all the wrong reasons. I mean, right. it wasn't terrible through the year by any means, at least if you look statistically, but a couple of bad throws, they really did him in. I saw the pick at Tremaine Johnson at the end of the game. It was just a terrible throw. It was way too inside. Both interceptions. Way too inside. Were, yeah, both interceptions clearly his fault. The first interception was, I mean, uh, rookie or not, you just that's you just don't make that throw. Running out of bounds, throwing across your body. I mean, ironically enough, Patrick, Holm, Patrick Mahomes did that same exact throw yesterday. And he completed it to Ty Hill for like a big, a big forty-yard gain yeah. in the Chiefs, the Chiefs Ravens game. But Allen had no business trying to attempt that throw on the first interception. The second one to end the game was another. Just like you said, it was too far inside, way too quick. Not a good read on that at all. Uh, he, he started out well. I mean, opening drive right down the field again. Big scrambles, big you know rushes on his part to get him down there, uh, set up the touchdown. Uh, but there was one play on the fir- on the opening opening drive. They had a third and one. I don't know if you saw this, but the third and one play, he almost the quarterback sneaked him, and he almost broke it. Like he snuck through the line, he got himself right up, and he got tripped up at the last minute. And if he didn't get tripped up, he would have scored on a third and one quarterback sneak. I mean, it, it was wide open for him. But I think it was Leonard Williams might have tripped him up to, to save a, a touchdown. But after that opening drive, it just got worse. I mean, he just did not look good at all. Did not look good throwing the ball. He was getting hit so much. I mean, just getting pressured. Offensive line was terrible. He had no time. Jordan Mills is just, you know, he's not, he's just terrible. John Miller, another waste. He seems like he's always down on the ground. Just not a good day for the offensive line, which made Allen, you know, couldn't get any time in the pocket, constantly moving around. Again, constantly running. Another 100 yard rushing day for him. Um, and I, I said this yesterday, yesterday on Twitter, and I said to one of my friends yesterday, he's doing all this with nothing. They have no skill players at all, including LaShawn McCoy, who could start for any other team in this league. Their receivers are practice squad and undrafted guys, and they and the Allen is keeping them in the game just by, just by him alone. Offense line is terrible. Running backs are getting nothing from them. He's doing all this by himself, and back-to-back weeks, they were in position to win, and that's all on him. And the, 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 over, the overturn on offense is going to be massive. And I don't know if you can replace all four or all five offensive line spots, but I think the Bills are going to give it a try because you can make the argument that all five need to be replaced as starters, including Deion Dawkins, who had that terrible day yesterday as well. I'm glad it's you said. Good- I'm glad you said Deion Dawkins. You led right into what I was about to get to. Everyone, including no one more than myself, has blasted this offensive line pretty much from May until now. Yeah. But it's been Mills and Miller. And to a lesser mm-hmm. extent, Bodine or Groyer are getting killed, you know, yeah. with the media and with fans, and rightfully so. But Deion Dawkins, maybe because he's the best of a very mediocre bunch, in large part, and, and because he's young, he's escaped a lot yeah. of that criticism. I did read Joe Biscalia's column, postgame column. That's must read for me. I always do. He talked about Deion Dawkins struggling against the Jets real bad. And again, I've been beating this drum all year. 
I don't think the guy's very good. I really don't. I don't know what the PFF grades are. And I frankly, I really don't care. Again, I think this guy gets off easy because of the rest of the line. is just so easy to beat up guys like Miller. And they're just yeah. bad. And it's easy to beat them up. But from what mm-hmm. I've seen from Deion Dawkins, he does yeah. not strike me as a guy who's having a good season at all. Do you think that maybe during this off season that they might evaluate this? They're not going to get rid of him after two years. They got too no. many holes to fill. But do you think maybe they say, you know what? This guy's not cut out to be our left tackle. Maybe we move him to right tackle, or maybe we even throw him inside a guard. That's what. That's exactly where I was going to go with that. Either you either kick him the other side at right tackle, or you stick him in inside at guard. Um, there, there's a spot for him there. I'm just not sure if it's left tackle. There's a couple tackles coming out in this draft that, that they could um, possibly you know take a look at, depending on where they're picking. There's freedness out there that they could throw that left tackle spot, but they definitely need to do something with with him. Either move him to the right. Or kick him inside because I don't think left tackle is where is where he's cut out to, to play. Now, a few minutes ago, you had talked about Josh Allen saying that he's pretty much out there doing it by himself. By himself. I agree to an extent, but let me ask you about Robert Foster, okay? Because at some point, I feel like he's becoming one of the more underrated stories of the season. He did have seven for 104 against the Jets, and it's the third time in, what, four weeks that he's went over at least 90 yards receiving you know, first time, maybe even a second time, I'm like, all right, well, you know, a little bit of a lucky fluke. But it seems like this guy's got a knack for making big plays. And by the way, the Bills are really lucky that he's even on this team right now. Let's not right. forget, they cut this dude back in yeah. the third week of October. Cut him. Nobody claimed yeah. him. He went back yep. to the Bills on the practice squad. He sat there for three more weeks before he got yep. promoted. I mean, they cut him to give Cam Phillips a shot. So at that right. time, the Bills weren't thinking very much of him. But it seems like he's starting to prove some people wrong out there. Oh, for sure. I mean, for him, he totally. The, the, remember the first part of the season when he was on the team when he was when he was playing. He, I mean, he couldn't catch, dropping balls, dropping deep balls, you know, m- misjudging, you know, passes from Allen or from or from, or from whoever was quarterbacking then. Don't even remember. But then they you're right. They caught him. Practice squad came back. It was like a whole new, a whole new person. And they, I think they really found a, a, a guy who could be a fourth, a fourth receiver on this team going into next season, depending on what they do at, at that spot. But yeah, he's been fantastic. I mean, he's fast, you know, breaking off his routes. Nice. Allen's finding them. Um, they have a good, good rapport going. So yeah, he's been a great find and I mean, credit to the bills, you no know, scouts and the personnel department for finding him and credit to the rest of the credit, the rest of the NFL for not seeing it in them yeah, <laughs> so exactly. for Buffalo to able to keep <laughs> him and, 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 and develop them. But there is a guy that, that shows you um, that, you know, these guys, the work that they put in to find someone like that and to keep them. And obviously they, they set him, he set himself straight because obviously something wasn't right with him. He wasn't getting it, but obviously he's, he got it, whatever it was, he got it now and he's playing very well. So yeah, very, very impressed by him for sure. Did anyone else from Sunday stand out to you maybe for the right or for the wrong reasons that we didn't discuss? <laughs> Uh, for the wrong reason, it looked to me uh, from what I saw, it looked like Tredavious White struggled. Tredavious White, that's what I was gonna say. Tredavious White did not did not have a good day at all. The fir- the one pass in the second half that set up the Jets touchdown to Anderson, you know, it was Anderson. It was a great throw by Sam Darnold. I mean, he just dropped it. You know, hard pass to defend, but I mean, White's right there. He's got to make a. I mean, you think he could make a play on that? And then he gave up the, the touchdown to Anderson earlier. And he, yeah, he just had a rough day. So it's not, not a good day. Other than that, nobody stood out good besides, I mean, Allen didn't play well, but 
he was standing out because he was the only one doing anything on offense. He was the only offensive weapon they had. Charles Clay, another drop. Zay Jones had a couple drops, too. Zay Jones, yeah, another one. He didn't stand out. He had a couple drops. So you have Trey White didn't play well. Zay Jones didn't play well. Special teams was bad. Clay had another drop. McCoy got hurt. Ivory got banged up. Yeah, Milano I mean, broke this, his leg. He's done for the season. That sucks, too. That sucks. But, I mean, they said he'll be back. Hopefully, he, they sounds like he'll be back for May and June, uh, the mini camp. So that's good. Um, it, it sounds like it was a clean break. So that should heal up, you know, probably in, what, 8 to 12 weeks, however long that takes. So mm-hmm. he should be back, ready to go. does suck for, you know, he was playing so well. Lorenzo Alexander had a good game yesterday. Again, had, a, you know, another big tackle for loss. He's a guy that they might consider bringing back another one or two year deal. Sure, um, but yeah, I mean that the, the the standouts were very few, and the people who stand out for the bad reasons were a lot. And you can just I can you can go down the whole you know like I just mentioned half the, the the big names there, but it was yeah. not, not a good day. Let's take a quick spin around the NFL, right? Lots of people, sure. myself included, blasted the hell out of the Dallas Cowboys a couple months mm-hmm. ago when they gave up a first rounder for Amari Cooper. I thought that was the dumbest thing ever, especially when you saw what some of the other trades are going for out there. He's turning out yeah. to be a bargain, though, man. He's probably saved the Dallas Cowboys season. He's probably going to get Dak Prescott very much so paid. He had 10 oh, catches, sure. 213 yards, three yep. touchdowns against three the touchdowns, Eagles, yep. including the OT winner. That pretty much put a wrap on the NFC East for Dallas. That was their fifth straight win. This dude's been sensational since he's gotten to Dallas. Yeah, he's been fantastic. You can't. You, you you can say right now that the Cowboys won that trade because Cooper came in, he's on that I mean, t- he's getting yards, getting touchdowns, playing his ass off. And whoever the Raiders draft, you're, you're not going to get that production this, this quickly. So, yeah, you can say that the Cowboys definitely won that trade. And like you said, we all ripped Jerry Jones. And even I said, oh, my gosh, that, that could be a top 10 pick because when they time they, when they traded for him, they were playing so bad. Yeah. Now that pick is in the mid 20s. That's a good trade for the Cowboys. I'll tell you what, the Raiders are kind of feeding the NFL. John Gruden might have sent two teams to the playoffs this year. That traded Dallas for Cooper. That's probably got Dallas in the playoffs. I mean, he's turned their season around. And then you give Khalil Mack to the Bears. Look at that fucking defense right now. What they did to the Rams. That's crazy. You know what? You're gonna I'm gonna say it's right here on your podcast. So everybody, so people who listen, they'll they can know I said this first. John Gruden didn't just send the Bears to the playoffs with that trade. They set them to the Super Bowl with that trade. That's how good that defense is. Wow. They are good. That's how the Bears are legit contenders in the NFC. They are Super Bowl contenders in the NFC. That defense is so good. I don't think it matters where they play. They Their confidence and their swagger, they just know that nobody can score on them. They turn the ball over. They get to the quarterback. That team is for real. Yeah, if that offense could play even reasonably well, if Mitch Trubinsky's even... Decent. Kind of reminds me of the Jacksonville Jaguars in the AFC last year. Good point. You're right. very, you very exactly. well be right. Yeah. They, they, I think they can I, I think they can go into I think they can go into New Orleans and, and play with them. I think they can go to LA and, and beat the Rams again. Why not? Sure. Before we get out of here, I want to hit on the NBA and MLB real quick, all right? I yeah. This is why I wanted you on my podcast, by the way. You're an NBA guy. My other yes. buddies, they're very knowledgeable, but they ain't NBA dudes. You are we're yes. about two weeks into December now, and the best team in the NBA is, drum roll, the Toronto Raptors. Is that, kind of, is that shocking to you? Mm, record-wise, they're, yeah, record-wise, they're the best team, but they kind of have, 
they kind of have that Houston Rockets vibe from last year where the Rockets were just so good. But everybody's like, oh, yeah, wait to the playoffs. Golden State went to the playoffs. And sure enough, they get to the playoffs and they get beat by Golden State. Um, the game, you know, out of the series, they should have won, but they end up you know, losing in seven. The Raptors kind of had that feel until someone beats Boston in the East. I still think Boston's because they're starting to play a little better now. I think Boston is is probably the best team in the East, um, along with Milwaukee. Milwaukee's really good because Giannis is such a mismatch. He's he is. just he is an he is a mismatch. Nobody can nobody can one on one. He's going to get his. I mean, last night they won in Toronto. Last night uh, he had nineteen and nineteen. Toronto, um, they're really good. Quite Leonard back healthy, one of the best three players in the league. Just defensively, he can stop anybody. He can guard anyone. Um, and offensively, he's going to get you twenty. 20 and 10, you know, every night, um, and a couple steals, but yeah, Toronto's really good. I just don't know if they can beat Boston in a series. Cause I think once Boston's fully healthy and they're going at, at full bore, they're probably the team to beat in the East. And I think Milwaukee is right there behind them. My, my NBA, my NBA finals prediction going into the season was golden state and Milwaukee. And I'm, I'm sticking with that, but Boston is still pretty good. We got to hit on your Lakers, brother. They've won seven of their last 10. They're up to 16 mm-hmm. and 10 on the season. This is as of Monday. We're taping this shortly before they play. They have a game on Monday night. Currently fifth best in the West. Thoughts on LeBron, how he's coming along and how this team is starting to come together a little bit. Uh, struggled coming out, obviously trying to find their way a little bit. Um, dealing with injuries right now. Rondo's out another month. Had a setback on his broken hand. Uh, Ingram's out until probably Thursday uh, with a sprained ankle. But they've been playing well. Um, ever since they, they, they acquired Tyson Chandler, uh, their defense net rating, uh, their top 10 in defense with, with Chandler. They're playing really well. They lost Friday in San Antonio at a bad loss, but came back Saturday night in Memphis one-handedly. You know, I, I had an argument with somebody on Twitter like a couple weeks ago about Lonzo Ball saying how he's not this, this, and that. I'm like, well, if you watch the game, if you watch Lonzo play, he is actually really good. If you ignore the box course, the, the box course scout, don't look at his poor shooting. But his defense is, he's an all-defensive uh, NBA player. He's hes that good on defense. Um, having LeBron James on your favorite team is pretty good. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. It's pretty fun. You're a Yankees fan just like me. I want to switch gears, talk a little baseball here. Should they be all in trying to get Manny Machado? Now, they lost yes. out on Patrick Corbin. He went to, signed a six-year deal. You got mm-hmm. Manny out there. Harper mm-hmm. hasn't signed, although Brian Cashman flat out said, Harper's not happening. They're not looking for an outfielder and they don't see him as a first baseman. In fact, on Monday, right around dinner time, Cashman spoke to the media at the winter meetings. He pretty much reiterated that. J.A. Happ is a guy they probably would like to re-sign. What do you think they're going to do aside, of course, they, I mean, they already have traded for James Paxton. You see him doing right. anything else significant? What do you see happening over this next couple of days? I think J.A. Happ is a one, is a name I like to, like to see them bring back. Knows the division, pitches well against the Red Sox. I think if they lose down on him, I heard Phillies and the Braves were pushing for Hap. Another name that's out there that I would love to see them sign if they can't bring Hap back is Dallas Keuchel. Um, the Braves, another one uh, team that's in on him, along with the Phillies again. So it's not like the Yankees will be battling these teams for, for Keuchel and Hap and any other pitchers. But your first question, yeah, Manny Machado, get him. B- bring him in immediately. Gregorius is out until at least August. Yeah. Uh, at least after the all-star break. With yeah. His, um, I, yeah Tommy John. I wouldn't even count on him, but yeah. And, and, right. I, I want to, right. And you don't know if he'll come back at all. 
yeah, bring in Machado. You stick him right in the middle of that lineup. He'll just drive in runs. He's a solid defender, right at shortstop. Yes, bring, bring him. You know, the only thing about Manny, and I know this might be a nitpick here, but let's just say they sign Manny and they keep Anar. They play him at third base. Manny plays shortstop. I only got one concern. I mean, he's our star player, so probably I'm overblowing it. But if you think about it, okay, you got Andujar, Torres, Manny, and then you got Stanton, Sanchez, and Aaron Judge. That's six yeah. right-handed hitters. There's like no that's lefties. A, there's that's no, like yeah, there's no, right. yeah, that's, that's, that's a big, that's a, yeah, that, that's a high, right-handed heavy lineup. And obviously you, you want to have a, a lefty bet in every side, Brett Gardner. Yeah, yeah. that's going to be, yeah, that's going to be. How they how they how they manage that will be will be interesting. But you know what? You're right. Swing for the fucking fences, dude. I want Manny Machado on the Yankees. That's just shit. Would just be fun. What yeah. a sick sick middle of the lineup that would be with him in there. Oh, that'd be yeah. You're throwing. You'd be Judge, Stanton, Machado, Sanchez, hitting two through five. That'd be just <laughs> stupid. And then you got Torres and Anwar, two they really good young players. Hitting, that's right. I'll tell you, man. People don't forget this. The Boston Red Sox won the World Series. Yankees don't want to see that shit again. If there's right. anything that's going to make them overspend and do something mm-hmm. that somebody might consider a critic might seem reckless, you know, you, know, you go get yep. Manny. Yep. For sure. Absolutely. You, get, you get Manny. And like, like you said, that is, that is heavy. That is heavy. You know, right-handed handed, uh, on the lineup, but they have things and players to move to get sure. a left-handed bat if, if they needed to. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it, uh, how it plays out for sure. Mike, before we get out of here real quick, all right? I saw a movie last week that I know you previously saw. A Star is Born. It was nominated for five Golden Globes. Did you enjoy it as much as I did? Because I'll tell you what, I ain't seen a lot of movies lately, but so I don't have a lot of basis to compare it to, but I'd be, I feel like anyone would be hard pressed to find a better movie over this past year. Or maybe I'm wrong. What's your take? When I left the theater, I could not believe how good that movie was. I, I, I told my wife, I go, I, I just, I was stunned. Lady Gaga absolutely killed it yeah. she killed it yeah she was unbelievable she said all, all the songs that were in that movie were sung live no lip syncing that was all live singing it's crazy she was she was amazing i think she's gonna walk away with best even though i can't i don't watch the oscars i just I, whatever at the oscars she should win best actress cooper isn't getting nominated for best director he probably should win um best actor everybody was just so great in that movie Sam Elliott, I mean, he should win the best supporting actor. Even, even um, Andrew Dice Clay was great as her father. He was good. I didn't know it, it was, was him at first, but I was like, holy shit. I was telling my wife, I'm like, yo, that's fucking Andrew Dice Clay. Yes. I didn't know it was until great. I saw it. Yeah, he was, he was, he was good. The movie was just, it was so well written, so well directed. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. It, it was, it was a fun movie, to, fun movie to see. When I first heard about it coming out, I was like, eh, I guess I'm like, eh, whatever. Then I saw the trailer. I'm like, okay, I'm in. Let, let, let's see what this is about. And I saw it. I was blown away. Just really, I just couldn't really believe um, how good that was. And that was Bradley Cooper's uh, directorial debut. Yeah. And he nailed it. He was great. He was great. There's a he million things to like about that movie, but I think you said it right at the top. Lady Gaga was, uh, she, she, she was blew me away. I was speechless. Yeah. I had no clue. I, maybe I should have known, but I did not know that she was going to get that type of performance. I knew she yeah, could she, sing. I knew she would nail the song. Yeah. But she acted her ass off, man. Oh, man, she was. And, and the thing about about her is when you take away the Gaga and you just see her, you just see her as Stephanie uh, Germano, she is just naturally just a beautiful woman. I mean, she's sure. just 
gorgeous. I mean, she's just very, you know, easy to look at. She's talented. And when you, that's who we saw there was her, her, just her as, you know, cut to the core of herself. And she was fantastic. And I, it's like, I, I don't want to see Lady Gaga again. I want to see Stephanie because that's how good, she, that's how good she was in that movie. And she was herself. And it was, it was really, it, it was great. It was just, it was, it was a fun movie and it deserves all the hype. And I think it's going to get a lot of uh, accolades coming with the award season uh, around the corner here. So yeah, it was, it was good. I liked it. And I, I didn't, um, that's the only movie, new movie that'll be Oscar nominated that I've seen. Uh, I haven't seen Bohemian Rhapsody. I did. Um, did you see it? Yeah. I did. And? I went to the movies twice within five days. And I thought not going for like two years. I didn't think the movie itself was that great. The, the guy, I forgot his name, escaped. Rami Malek, he's going yeah. to get nominated for a Best Actor. And I wouldn't be surprised if he won. He was absolutely phenomenal. I left the movie theater. And we'll talk about it more in depth after you eventually see it. And then we'll go over it, you know, yeah. a little more in detail. Is the it, one thing I will say, let me, I'll tell you one yeah, thing. I left the movie liking it a lot more until I came home. I'm a Queen fan. I looked it up. I wanted to know how accurate the movie was. And once I looked it up, I found out that they took a lot, and I mean a lot of liberties with the timeline and things that were fact and fiction in oh, the movie itself. Yeah. Because, you know, yeah, for dramatic like effect, you know, you got to have that theatrical effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they did that. So once I found out that a lot of this shit that happened didn't actually happen or it happened at different times, it kind of took a little bit of the steam away from me, but it wasn't bad. It, I think, go ahead. Is it, is it a Freddie Mercury story or is it a Queen story? It is. Ugh, it's a Queen story, but Freddie Mercury obviously dominates it, but it's not just about Freddie Mercury. It's about, the, it's okay. worth seeing. Don't get me wrong. Great okay, movie. Right. Again, the performance by uh, Rami Malek was absolutely incredible. He, he, don't be yeah. surprised if he walks away holding that Oscar at the end. He was great. It is worth seeing. We'll talk about that again. So for sure, yeah. Yo, are we going to become movie guys? We should. <laughs> I, we, 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 get, we basically had everything that I'm into. Um, Me too. I think, I think yeah, we, yeah. I, I, we, could do, we could do movies. Sure, why not? <laughs> we'll start having homework, man. We'll have to start going to the fucking movies. Then we have something, to, <laughs> other shit to talk about. Yeah. All right, everybody. Michael Nietzsche. Give him a follow on Twitter at M.A. Nietzsche. Good stuff, man. Thanks for jumping on again. Thanks, Pat. All right. That will do it for this episode. Big thank you to my boy Maniac from Trainwreck Sports. That was a lot of fun. I'll tell you what, man. I really, really dig the job that Maniac and those boys do over at Trainwreck Sports. I think it's really good. It's fun. It's unique. Videos, podcasts, their social media, they just got a really good grasp on what it takes to be different in the Buffalo sports scene. Really think they're onto something good. Go check them out, trainwrecksports.com. Thanks as well to my buddy Michael Nietzsche for coming on. Did a good job again. I think that this is going to be a regular thing with him. We're going to have him on a lot. Love his takes. Always a good time talking to him. Coming up on the show Friday. You know what? I don't know what's coming up on the show Friday. Actually, yeah, I do. I got a couple guests coming on. One of them as of right now is going to be Jason Solomon, a.k.a. known as the Solo Monster, producer of one of the biggest and best wrestling podcasts out there. Really talented guy. has a really good following. We're going to talk a little bit of WWE and set up the TLC pay-per-view coming up for this Sunday. So stick around for that. Guys, if you haven't done so already, 
please go to Apple Podcasts or iTunes, whatever you want to call it. Subscribe to this podcast. It's quick. It's easy. It's free. All you have to do literally is open up your iPhone, go in the app, the podcast app, search Analytics Podcast, hit the subscribe button. Bam. That's all. That's all you got to do. You don't got to do nothing else. New episodes automatically get sent right to your phone or to your computer. Play them and keep them. Play them and delete them after whatever you want to do. If you don't have Apple Podcasts and you have an Android phone, you can subscribe on Google Podcasts. You can also catch us on Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, pretty much anywhere future award-winning podcasts are heard. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Pat Moran Tweets. Have a good, safe rest of the week. Enjoy it. Make it a good one. Talk to you guys again on Friday. Peace out. For the ones who get going when the going gets tough and the ones who know we're tougher together. For the pathfinders breaking new ground, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry as well as fast access to experts and 24-7 customer support. Because we know you have people depending on you, so you can always depend on us. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.